Hello, everyone, and welcome to Conversations in Global Health, a podcast led by three students from King's College London, sponsored by Circle U. We seek to bring awareness to the pressing global health issues of today in an accessible manner by engaging in important conversations with field experts offering insights into their fascinating work. We're so glad you could join us for today's episode, Human-Centered Approaches to Adolescent Perinatal Health, The Catalyst and Inspire Projects. Today's episode is hosted by Chloe. Hello, my name's Chloe and I'm your host for today's episode. Today I'm joined by Dr. Tatiana Salisbury and Dr. Flavio Mandlade, who are on the team of the Inspire Project. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. So first of all, um, would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves and how you came to work in this field? Sure, so I am a senior lecturer in global mental health based at King's College London. Um, I think I got into global mental health without re- realizing it was global mental health. Um, I had worked primarily around adolescent mental health uh, as an undergraduate um, studying human biology and then moved to the UK uh, at Oxford. So I'm originally from California. Um, and there I was studying adolescents and uh, adolescent boys and body image and got really into systematic reviews, um, which probably many undergraduates uh, and master's students will know quite a lot about. Um, And through that work and and learning around the methodology of systematic reviews, I got my first research assistant post um, at Oxford uh, in the Center for Suicide Research. And that kind of job got me doing two things. One was updating a Cochrane review, which is a type of systematic review and meta-analysis. And also then doing this qualitative synthesis of the literature about people's experiences of turning up to emergency departments after a self-harm episode. And I think that really struck me as to the kind of negative experiences and the perceptions and the impact of those experiences on uh, those those people and really got me into thinking about how we can improve healthcare provision. So I kind of got into health services research a little bit and worked on a big European project um, after moving to London uh, that was looking at quality of care for um, people with long-term severe mental health problems that were living in residential facilities. Uh, And in that project, then I got really interested in, you know, how some countries were doing well um, in in addressing, you know, certain issues, say um, integration within communities and other countries weren't. And that kind of lack of sharing and understanding across countries about what they were doing to improve care for all really struck me. Um, And then I started hearing about global mental health um, and thought, okay, maybe this is something that I wanted to do. So I moved into that kind of field and then started working in low and middle income countries and primarily kind of went back to child and adolescent mental health because of um, my real interest in the lack of mental health um, speciality within low and middle income countries focused on young people. And through that, then I got into adolescent more, more into adolescent and young adult mental health, and particularly around 
um, pregnancy and the year after birth, which is kind of why we're here today and, and the focus of the INSPIRE project as well as the Catalyst project. So I don't think that I knew exactly where I was going, um, but what I did was take little things that I was interested in along the way, and that kind of paved the, the, the path for me to get to you know, this point. Flavio, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes. Um, so good morning, everyone. My name is Flavio Magliaccio. I am a medical doctor, psychiatrist. Um, I work in a psychiatric hospital here in Mozambique, and I'm from Mozambique. Um, so I have been working first uh, with Tatiana with uh, Catalyst Project two, three or four years ago. Um, what it was the first time I, I get in touch with um, Tatiana in the Catalyst Project. But before uh, the Catalyst Project, um, I first, I did my uh, master's in neuroscience research domain in Portugal. Um, after finishing my master, um, I had opportunity to be, uh, to be part of a fellowship and implementation, implementation research, uh, way we were scaling up mental health interventions in, in Mozambique. So I've been in Colombia, I did the first training in implementation research, and I get also opportunity to be in touch with uh, global mental health. Um, so during, it was a very good experience during fellowship because I understood that uh, sometimes we take long doing basic research while uh, there are some barriers and gaps on intervention. So here, um, our intervention uh, within this project was uh, to, overcome, uh, to overcome intervention, uh, a treatment gap in, in mental health. So um, actually the project is uh, continuing in this, uh, actually the, uh, within this project, they are training um, community health workers on uh, screening and some brief intervention in, in mental health. So when I also, within uh, this process, um, when I get the first time, the first touch with uh, the Catalyst project, which was a human-centered design, it also a first time to get in touch uh, with this kind of approach um, we uh, usually here in, in Mozambique and low-income countries, usually um, uh, the researcher, they come with the interventions that they were effective in developed countries and usually come to low-income countries to implement those um, uh, interventions. But um, the, most, mostly those interventions uh, doesn't look for some cultural challenges. So when I, I get in touch with uh, the Catalyst Project and human-centered design, I understood that uh, the approach of uh, getting in touch with uh, the, the, the target population and uh, uh, not bringing intervention for them, but uh, talking with them and from them, they will um, uh, elicit their challenges and then together you help, we help them to design the intervention. So this was a very uh, interesting uh, experience with Catalyst and actually we are doing this in uh, Inspire project. 
Um, in Catalyst Project, I was uh, a mental health advisor, uh, but I actually am co-investigator in the uh, Inspire Project. And um, thank you I'll, to be in this meeting to share a little bit about the experience on Catalyst and Inspire Project. Thank you. Thanks very much. And thank both of you. They sounds like both very interesting trajectories into the field. Um, Flavio, you just touched there on the Catalyst project so and the Inspire project. So my understanding of it that the Inspire project aims to promote the well-being of adolescent girls during pregnancy in the year after birth. And I understand that this was initially informed by the Catalyst project, which you mentioned. Would you like to maybe tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, so um, the, the catalyst, we, we did uh, the, the first phase, which was a qualitative uh, study, which um, we um, interviewed uh, the young women who, pregnant women, and those who uh, have a little newborn child, and also uh, the families and partners, and also some uh, service providers and policymakers, um, and those who also work in uh, mental health, and also uh, those the stakeholders, those who are working in uh, uh, maternal and child health. So uh, in this uh, project, first we 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 wanted to understand um, what were the priorities of the girls. Uh, regarding to their mental well-being during uh, perinatal periods, and also um, to understand from the family and also the stakeholders if they have any kind of um, awareness regarding to um, uh, well-being during the the, the pregnancy, um, and also we. Uh, I try to identify some challenges that uh, the young women they have during this time, and also uh, these challenges which could be addressed by the the the, the stakeholders. Um, so we did also some some workshops um, with the stakeholders and the, the young girls um, on uh, how what kind of interventions. Uh, first, to to to, elicit, to to understand what are their challenges, and then how to address these challenges in order to promote their well-being during this period. Um, so, uh, some of the challenges that um, we 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 got from the participants were related to um, even um, the pregnancy per se, uh, because most of them they become pregnant pregnant even before um, the age of 18 and um, they have to leave school uh, to, to, to abandon the education. Uh, some of them um, they were not aware of some health issues related to uh, being pregnant, um, a young pregnancy issues related to health care, and self-care also, and also issues related to uh, health uh, of um, uh, the the the, um, uh, the care of, of of the baby. So um, uh, the other 
and that is also that was a very um, a challenging challenge also for most of the participants was related to uh, uh, um, some a financial um, a limitation like um, economic empowerment that we we needed for for them to help not only themselves but also to contribute to bring income uh, in, in the family because usually most of them as they uh, left school they cannot no longer continue having um, uh, uh, continue their education they cannot even do some training some specific training they cannot also even uh, work so um, some of um, the this economic challenge was to bring up uh, to help to bring some incomes in, in the family in order to help themselves and also to help the the, the family also um, to uh, within the family also there was um, some um, although culturally there is a very good uh, family support but um, uh, some emotional support sometimes uh, there is some kind of uh, limitation on emotional support in in some family because when we have when they have um, a young girl uh, which they considered a, a, a daughter-in-law so she within a, the family she has some responsibility with uh, the he, husband uh, family which uh, those uh, responsibilities sometimes cannot even uh, she doesn't look for herself for for her well-being so uh, some of those challenges that we have found on on this uh, uh, project during this uh, qualitative uh, phase that we, we we did. Thank you, Flavio. Um, I know as part of this intervention, um, the Mama Files intervention was developed, and I was just wondering, what did that include? Yeah, so just kind of building on what Flavio had mentioned, it had a three-pronged approach, really. So one was this group intervention, very much kind of fitting in, um, I call it a, an enhanced antenatal course. So the group section is encompassing um, issues around what to expect while you're expecting. Um, and while you're pregnant, because a lot of these girls, as, as was mentioned, they didn't know what was happening to their bodies. They did not know what to expect uh, in terms of the actual uh, process of childbirth and delivery. Um, and also, you know, how to take care of their baby. Then mm -hmm. issues around thinking about their future um, and how their goals or um, desires might have changed or remain the same and what are the things that they could start to think about um, as how they could achieve those goals um, while being a mother. Then issues around kind of really building up these life skills, which are very important for maintaining good mental health throughout the lifespan um, and are often places um, or often things and skills that are learned and honed and practiced uh, during secondary school, which many of the girls uh, in Mozambique 
were either already not in school before they became pregnant or as a result of becoming pregnant, they left school. There were very few girls that remained in school um, that we interviewed and, and uh, we know that that's very much kind of the reality of, of the setting and uh, the situation. And so allowing them to have the opportunity to learn skills such as problem solving um, and building strong kind of healthy positive relationships, which will be useful to them um, as a protective factor against uh, having a mental health condition during this time and, and also throughout the rest of the life course. Uh, and then really thinking about um, what are the individual needs of these girls. And so in addition to these group settings, we also have these one-to-one -one, uh, meetings where the provider, which in this case with the girls, it was discussed that uh, other mothers in the community were probably best placed and most acceptable to them to provide this sort of intervention. Um, and that came with a lot of the tension that occurred between girls and healthcare providers. So they weren't thinking that, you know, this should be something that was provided within the healthcare system, but actually something outside of that um, by these mothers in the community who would then meet with the, with the girls individually as well to get to know them a little bit better and to understand their particular and specific goals, um, as well as to provide a, a private space to assess mental health um, and, and also then to be able to refer those girls to more specialist care should they need it. And then lastly, um, which was kind of a, a surprising thing and a really lovely thing was that when we were talking to the family members and to the partners, they said, oh, well, you know, don't forget about us. We want to be part of this intervention as well. So we wanted to kind of um, capitalize on that kind of goodwill and that interest by also including sessions for family members where we could actually talk to them about why it's important to support these young girls at this time and what benefits that brings not only to the girl and to the baby, but also to the whole of the household. And also to use that time to help to build you know, good skills in problem solving and building positive relationships amongst those family, family members as well in order to help create a really strong supportive bond um, across all of those household members um, that would extend to um, supporting that girl, but also have knock-on effects to the support that's available to those family members uh, as well. And so, as I mentioned, this intervention was envisaged to be delivered by these women in the community who were trained and also supported by the health center so that they could refer back to the health center if needed. Then through in Mozambique, they've got these adolescent um, specialists, so adolescent specific and friendly health services. Um, so they would also have support through that. And also in Mozambique, uh, in order to provide uh, mental health support more widely across the country, they have this cadre of psychiatric technicians um, that are within each of the districts that provide um, this additional support where um, uh, psychiatrists or other mental health specialists are not readily available. Um, and so they would also be able to give support, especially to the mothers in the community who are dealing with uh, girls who are at risk, um, at high risk, or are experiencing mental health conditions. So that's what that 
uh, intervention then uh, looked like on paper. Unfortunately, we ran out of time um, to pilot the intervention, so it, it stopped there, but we're able to pick, pick up on that for INSPIRE. Okay, thank you. I think that's it's great that you can pick up on that intervention again because it does it sounds fantastic. Um, and I think you touched on some of the opportunities there, especially when in terms of the community delivery and the family involvement sounds does sound like a really lovely one. And I was just wondering, were there any other kind of opportunities and challenged uh, like arising when you were developing that intervention? Yes, so uh, I, I think the the opportunity myself has um, mental health uh, professional. We we uh, I, I am a psychiatrist and working in in a psychiatric hospital. And usually, um, we uh, 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 this opportunity of um, uh, uh, trying. We 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 are always uh, uh, fo focusing only on mental health disorders and all not uh, looking to uh, issues of well-being so this was a, a very great opportunity even for 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 us as uh, mental health professionals uh, that we 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 work on a well-being we promote well-being um, um uh, for young girls when when we when we talk about young girls uh, because they are adolescents, most of them. Um, and the good things that we are looking at is uh, related to uh, this stage of adolescence, but also the challenge of being mother or having a, a young a child. So we we are helping them uh, to promote their well-being, and we are also uh, helping them uh, to prevent. Uh, the mental health problem. Um, so, the, and the other thing that is is uh, is very in interesting here also is that um, you we 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 don't as mental health professionals um, uh, when we when you have uh, community interventions uh, that the the young girls or even within the communities they can do. Um, some activities or even some interventions to promote their well-being. We are also um, a, a preventing the development of mental health, so or a mental health disorder, so mental disorders. So this um, was somehow uh, uh, interesting approach, and also because most of uh, when the, the the stakeholders, those who are working on maternal and health child. Uh, the the way not a way of um, uh, the needs of addressing issues of uh, mental health and even the the adolescent themselves they way they were not um, uh, away on the issues related to their mental uh, well-being so this was a very interesting um, uh, project and also uh, that helped uh, the, the 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 adolescents and helped also um, the the stakeholders to look at this and and, and also for the mental health program or mental health pro, um, uh, professionals this is a, a very good approach also because it's a way of helping people 
to prevent development of mental uh, illness and also to prevent overburden the, the, the system. Other aspect, because we, uh, uh, Tatiana mentions that because we are a very few mental health professionals at the district level, at the community level, we have the mental health, the technicians, the psychiatric technicians. So um, he, he, for most of them, if they can um, address these issues of um, mental uh, wellness, that will help uh, also to, to promote um, the mental health uh, within the, the, the community. So it was a very good experience and very also interesting in this way. Thank you. Thank you, Flavio. That's, uh, thanks for discussing them opportunities and challenges there. After the Catalyst project was completed, I was just wondering what were the kind of findings and achievements and how did this lead then to the INSPIRE project? Yeah, so I think what the what this showed through the Catalyst project was that one, it was possible to actually engage these young girls in identifying the challenges that they're facing, also identifying what resources and opportunities and strengths that are kind of there within the community and also amongst themselves, um, and getting them to really think about, well, how do we address the challenges that they're facing in order to, um, and, and do so in a way that's kind of attractive and appropriate and acceptable um, across that community and across all those other stakeholders, the partners, the family members, um, the health providers, uh, other people that are important and leaders within the community. Uh, and also all the way up to kind of thinking about those people with kind of um, decision-making and uh, funding available. So thinking ar around ministries um, and other local government uh, officials. So what we were able to do then was to say, okay, we can show that we can do this. We didn't have enough money um, and enough time uh, to run the pilot. But what would be also interesting in this is to see, are there very similar um, responses that come out and ideas that come out of different communities in Mozambique? And also kind of thinking on a wider scale outside of the country. So the INSPIRE project then kind of jumped on this to say, okay, can we do this in another area of Mozambique and also um, in Kalifi County, which is outside of Mombasa uh, in Kenya to see these are also places where there are high levels of teenage pregnancy and where there's a lot of need uh, in terms of support and uh, prevention or promotion of good mental health. And so that's kind of where the INSPIRE project came out of, uh, of that, that process. And instead of coming to them and saying, well, we've done this in Catalyst and this is what this intervention looks like, what we did was say, actually, we don't want to give them any, any way of just agreeing with us because that's one of the risks that we think about when you're doing uh, this type of participatory research is, are we pushing in any way our own agenda on um, these girls and on, on our stakeholders? So we said, we'll start from the beginning and really begin to understand the different contexts and the challenges that arise um, across those two countries and those two settings. 
and then see what comes out of it in terms of what um, the interventions um, might be uh, that people think will actually work on the ground. And so the aim of the INSPIRE project, as you, meant, as you mentioned before, is around promoting mental well-being of adolescent girls during pregnancy and the year after birth. But it's also um, doing that in developing uh, through co-design an intervention that is feasible and sustainable and scalable. So we're trying to develop something that can actually be embedded within the community with the existing resources or with resources that are then um, provided to them as a result of our stakeholder engagement um, and can continue well beyond the life of the research project. So thanks Tatiana for just discussing the aims of the INSPIRE project there and what was involved. And I've just got another question. I was just, obviously context is important when you're kind of establishing any intervention. And I was just wondering what were the key contextual factors that would play an important role in establishing this intervention? Um, so if one thing that is very important in, in the context is the culture. Um, because in we, we uh, actually in, on the SPIRE project, it's a rural area. Um, one is rural, but other is suburban area, but uh, with almost the, the, the same challenges. And um, the issues related to empowerment um, of the young girls, which because of cultural uh, aspects, um, most of uh, the young girls within their families, uh, households, they are not uh, empowered. So this is aspect that we, we is, a, is, is a challenge, but also a thing that is very important that we, um, during the project, we also look at this aspect of empowerment of the young girls uh, to show that they can uh, be part of, they can contribute within the, the household. The other aspects, um, apart of socioeconomic, uh, uh, the uh, uh, socioeconomic aspects and the cultural aspects, is the uh, education. Because most of girls sometimes, in a, mostly in tech, even here in Manisa, um, sometimes um, the girls they had to stop their education because of pregnancy or because of having to to deal with. Uh, the, the, the babies. So um, the education is, is one of the, the challenges that um, is important to be uh, away when we are also developing the, the, the interventions. And when, I, when we talk about education is the way that the people can um, de define what kind of interventions can be useful for them but also uh, because of aspects of like um, um, understanding um, uh, their roles within the community and within the family and how they can uh, be part, they can participate in the community, they can participate uh, also in, in, in the family. Uh, the other aspect also is related to um, the, the contest that is important is related to uh, healthcare um, access. 
um, uh, because most of the healthcare services uh, sometimes well, most of the adolescents need to uh, the distance to access the the healthcare facility but also the other barrier is the uh, the, the 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 health professionals uh, the way they address the way they deal with uh, the the young girls during the pregnancy is one of the aspects that is very important that to be um, uh, uh, addressed which will be um, important uh, also to look at when we 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 are establishing the the, the intervention um, specifically i think tatiana will talk about it, what was the interventions that we um, had uh, found that uh, the the participant has proposed um, after we have the workshops and discussions but i i, I wanted to bring up this a, a contest the culture um the young girls a uh, young girls empowerment and socioeconomic aspects and also the question of education and the access to healthcare services thank you thanks Flavio. can i just also kind of pull up on that is one of the other things that is really important especially when working with pregnant girls um, is this worry because of the stigma and because of you know trying to reduce the number of teenage pregnancies is this worry that an intervention that is focused at supporting these girls will unintentionally um, encourage other girls to become pregnant and you can imagine that this could be the case if there's an intervention that provides you know, really good resources and support that girls who are not pregnant would also want. Um, so say, for example, um, an income generation intervention um, where we give girls resources to start their own businesses or give them training um, in how to succeed as an entrepreneur. So those things might be relevant to you regardless of whether or not you were pregnant and if they were only available to girls who were pregnant, um, could inadvertently um, act as a um, incentive to girls to become pregnant. So this is something that we're also very key to think about. Um, as we think about the intervention and the development of the intervention, we also have to think about what are unanticipated uh, or potentially unanticipated um, results or impacts of the intervention that we develop and how do we do that in a way that um, moves around that and doesn't end up with that potential kind of negative outcome. Yes, and I think Tatiana raised a very interesting point uh, regarding to stigma. Even uh, in the question of stigma uh, is not only for the young, young girls, like uh, those are within the intervention, but it can be even um, uh, be important for, for the community because the question of stigma is um, uh, at the family, at the community, at health services, and even the education. So this is a, 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 to, to this is a thing that we we need also to look at 
um, um, when when we are, are, are designing the the interventions that will be useful for those, as Tatiana said, of course, it could be useful for those who are already parents or had young girls, but it also can be helpful uh, to help those uh, young girls who are at school or those who are not yet uh, pregnant or not yet um, having uh, babies. Thank you. Thanks very much for that. That was a it was a very thorough answer about like contextual factors, and just uh, just a final question. You just touched on the uh, you mentioned about impacts of the Inspire project, and I was just wondering what are the anticipated impacts, and how do you hope to use uh, this intervention beyond Mozambique and Kenya? Uh, the impact I think will be positive one, one thing is um, I, I, that is very important the 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 approach that we are uh, we, we use i i would compare with uh, many interventions that have been done without um uh, the co-creation or co-participation co-production co with uh, the community which usually most of the those projects or interventions they have failed so uh, actually looking to the approach that we are using, um, I think we are likely to more to have to succeed. Uh, um, and if we manage to have uh, fi fi funds, fundings, for instance, for to help or to find out funding within uh, the country or even abroad um, to, to in, in a way that we help those girls who were thinking on uh, income raising uh, projects, for instance, to implement them and to do the follow-up, that will be something that is very, will be very important, will be very useful. Um, and also, this will also raise a very good awareness on how the girls, the young girls, uh, could be part within the family, within the community, um, part of uh, even bringing income, if it's uh, uh, income raising, but also um, uh, delivering uh, education or even uh, some uh, co communication or talks with uh, the, the other girls in a way that um, to, to prevent the 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 the, the uh, ill pregnancies uh, and also uh, to help uh, the adolescents uh, to follow um, their 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 I can say their dreams or their goals to achieve their goals um, and even if the the girls they have pregnancy or pregnancy or they have young babies. Um, to elicit that uh, that is not the end. We, uh, they can uh, still moving on uh, on achieving their goals. So uh, actually the, the, we, we predict that we will have very good impact in, in Mozambique and uh, that also will be probably even easily scalable to other, other 
settings within Mozambique or even out of Mozambique? Thank you. So I think from my perspective, in addition to what Flavio has talked about around you know, what are the impacts of the intervention that comes out, I'm really, one of the kind of main things about Inspire in addition to the research bit is around capacity building um, and really supporting the research teams in both Mozambique and Kenya um, to learn these new methods and also to implement them. And one of the great things I think that we found in terms of asking the team members about what they've liked about the project so far is the things that they've gotten out of using these sorts of methods and the connections that they have made with the stakeholders, you know, our partners in this, the girls, the partners, the families, um, the other kind of community influencers as we call them. So these leaders in community and the fact that, you know, they see their role as being much more than just, you know, collecting data, uh, that they get to actually get to know the people that are participating in this research with us. And also those stakeholders are asking, when is the next meeting? When can we be involved in this? And that to me is a really great outcome of this project. Um, when I was able to visit, uh, Mombasa and the study site in Kenya uh, in May, meeting with the head of the uh, district health system, he said, you know, I've been really taken by this whole process of co-design and engagement and talking to those people who are important for delivering an intervention, as well as those who are important uh, for receiving. So much so that, you know, he said, I want to start doing this. Um, within our facilities and within our health system here locally. Um, and we're not going to wait for you. You know, we are going to start to incorporate the things that we've been learning and these methods and techniques. And to me, that was just, you know, one, a, a, a positive, um, a positive outcome for us saying that, you know, this approach is something that's welcomed by the community and that they are, actually taking the power and, and really taking that autonomy in learning different ways to try to solve their own problems. Um, and, and also then that this is something that they see as important. So I think that's a really great impact so far of the project. And I'm hoping that that continues as we can move along this trajectory of the, the rest of the, the project. Um, and then also what Flavio said about you know, the intervention and its potential to not just be something important and supportive within Mozambique and Kenya, but in other countries and in other settings, including high income settings. So I've now got a, a clinical psychology student who's going to start doing some of these um, initial interviews with uh, teenage girls in London to understand from their perspective what the challenges are that they're facing and what strengths they have and resources they have available to them and to see if those priorities and needs actually align with those that have come out of Mozambique and Kenya. So is there some way that we can create an intervention that has a shared component but can still be adapted to that local context and address the priorities of that community so that it is something that is 
acceptable and appropriate and isn't just something that we've created to um, deal with the need for supply, so a need for interventions, but actually has the potential to be effective because it also looks at the demand and is acceptable so that people will take up the intervention, that parents and partners will support these girls to engage in the interventions and complete them. So those are just some of the things you know, some of the, the impacts that we're hoping to see with it within Inspire, but we actually are anticipating that there will probably be many more that we haven't measured or haven't thought about measuring. Um, one of which is just the impact that participating in this research has had on the girls themselves. So the researchers in Kenya, and I think that this is also the case in Mozambique, talked about that since we've been working with these girls since October of 2021, um, they've really noticed a change in the confidence and the self-esteem and the kind of autonomy of these young girls over that process by merely just being involved in this project and, you know, us really taking on board and listening to their thoughts and their perspectives and their feelings and what that has meant for them. So I think that there, you know, there are all of these other impacts that we haven't yet been able to measure or didn't really think about at the start of this project that in future projects, I think will be really important to capture. Thank you. Um, well, uh, from what both of you have discussed, it just sounds like there's going to be some really overwhelmingly positive impacts and that's fantastic. And it gen genuinely sounds like a, a very exciting and fascinating project. I'd just like to finish up now and, and I'd just like to say thank you both of you for joining us. Um, it's been very, very informative discussion for both myself and for our listeners. If anyone would like to learn more about this project, um, we're going to attach the material for reading in the description below so everyone can check that out. But again, just thank you very much. It's been fantastically informative and very interesting and I'd like to wish you both the very best of luck with the project it sounds amazing thank you thank thanks you. so much Chloe thanks for having us thank you for tuning into this episode of conversations in global health we hope it gave you an insight into the world of global health and that it inspired you to become inquisitive about these concepts and issues like it did for us be sure to tune into the next episode can the pharmaceutical industry be harnessed for social good until next time, take care and stay well.